you know, as I was just meditating, because we've been talking about, uh, we've been talking about unrepentant sin, the quiet thief. And I'm believing today we'll find out, you know, because it's a stretch. Anytime you start talking about sin and repent, repentance and, you know, anything in that category, because once you start to discuss it, it's like, do I have something I need to repent for? Uh, you know, like, you know, it's going to cross your mind. Um, have I repented enough? You know, did I cross a particular line? Am I in, in the right uh, place with God? You know, that, that's a part of the process. But it's a benefit, and we, we're going to talk about the bit. We're going to really get into the benefit uh, at a whole nother level today. And for your glory, it's perfect because it's all about getting back into his glory, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. You know, I, I mean, it's, uh, but we got to find out what, what is, what Tanya said last week, we got to find out what the unseen leprosy is, you know, right? <laughs> you know, yeah, like, you know, you walk around with leprosy and don't know it, that's probably not good, good right? Like, why everybody running from me, you know? You, why ain't nobody inviting me into the camp, you know, right? You know, what's that song, baby, you sing, run to the camp and tell somebody? Yeah. If people running from you to the camp and they ain't letting you know if you got unseen leprosy, right? But that's a, you know, that's not mine. That's a Tanya Bobbitt quote from last week. It's, it's the top of my notes, unseen leprosy. Mm. So I, we're probably going to revisit that again today. Let's go to Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1 to open up here. Lord, I totally decrease that you may increase. Have your way uh, with you want. Uh, illuminated, articulated uh, through your revelation and inspiration today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Mark chapter 1. Try to stay on task so we don't get into bison meat and Things like that. You know? <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, that's we're just picking with Bible study fellowship. Been on the roll last couple of days. All right, so Mark chapter 1, verse 5. Mark chapter 1, verse 5. All right, it says, And there went out unto him all the land of Judea and Jerusalem and were all baptized of him in the river Jordan, look, uh, confessing their sins, confessing their sins, right? Confessing their sins, right? Uh, so, so, I don't even know what version this is. It says, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, in the desert, preaching a baptism, um, obligating repentance, a change of one's mind for the better, heartily amending one's ways with abhorrence of past sins in order to obtain forgiveness of and release from sins. This is probably to amplify it, right? It says, and they're, and, and, and they're kept going out to him continuously, all the country of Judea and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, and they were confessing their sins. Of course, that started with uh, uh, verse uh, four, 
but it said like uh, he preached uh, obligating rep- re- repentance, meaning like once they heard what he said, they they felt an obligation to repent. And the amplifier breaks that down as repentance is changing a change of one's mind for the better, heartily amending one's ways with abhorrence of past sins. So, one, I'm changing my mind for the better. I'm amending my ways so I'm not operating in the same way anymore, right? And, but I have an abhorrence or I have a distaste for what I was doing when I was in sin, okay? Does that make sense? It's Mark chapter 1, 5. Let's, let's drop down here. Uh, we got chapter 1, 14 and 15. 14 and 15. All right, so now John was preparing the way for Jesus, right? All right, so this is when Jesus comes on the scene. It says, now after, uh, verse 14, now after that John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. It says, and saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. So now that we know the kingdom of God is at hand, the kingdom of God is near, we're we're in the the realm of the kingdom of God. He says, repent ye and believe the gospel. Repent and believe the gospel. Now, the interesting thing about this is you can't repent unless you agree that you're in sin. You you, You have to be honest about where you are, right? Like you can't be in denial, you can't be delusional. You have to be honest. The uh, classic Amplified says, now after John was arrested and put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching, Galilee preaching the good news, the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, the appointed period of time is fulfilled or completed and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, have a change of mind which, which issues uh, in regret for past sins or a regret for past sins and in change of conduct for the better. So when I repent, I have a change of mind. What comes with issues out of my heart is a regret for past sins and a change of conduct for the better. That's what my repentance is. Then he added and believe. So when I repent, my life is going to look different. How is it going to look? Now I'm believing which, and believing is trusting and relying on and adhering to the good news of the gospel. So, so a repentant life looks more of a, like a harmony with the gospel. And see, in this life, as we're going to talk about today, this is, this is going to locate us, but it's going to place us where God wants us to be if we embrace this the right way today, right? So we can be tempted to look for a stage in our life. That's what the world teaches us. Look for a stage, uh, looking to shine, um, and not look for an altar, an opportunity to offer ourselves. See, so in, in, the, in the kingdom, we're looking for an altar to offer ourselves. In the world, we're looking for a stage to shine. And so what happens is we could be so busy, distracted by uh, these platforms or these opportunities or a job or, you know, we were just uh, talking earlier, we was driving here, people that, uh, we was talking about people that have uh, walk around with 
$100,000 in their book bags, you know, young folk. Well, if, you know, and so the statement was made, how do you minister to people walking around with $100,000 in their book bag? Well, for me, it's easy because money doesn't give you peace. Money doesn't um, stop you from wanting to take your life. Money doesn't stop depression, and actually, money don't heal you. And so, no matter what level, whether you have money or not, uh, people are navigating through the weight of sin. And so, this, there's a harvest of people with money, and there's a harvest of people without. It's still a harvest, you know. So, as long as you're looking at hearts and not looking at how people look. Now, uh, since we're talking about repentance, let's hit this scripture over here in Romans 2. So we can set a good stage for what we want to talk about today. Um, I says this here, and I don't know what I was doing, but I normally write what version this, these these are. I know it's not the King James version for every man according to Jesus. Uh, so I'm assuming it's the classic amplifier, since I like looking at that a lot. So it says, he will render to each one according to his works. So God is going to, you reap what you sow, basically, right? God's going to render to every man. Did I say Romans 2, 6 through 8? I didn't say 6 through 8. I apologize. Thanks, Stella. <laughs> it's like, come on, Pastor. Now we're going to flow with you. All right, so Romans 2, 6 through 8 says, he will render to each one according to his works. To those who by patience in well-doing seek for glory. Now, key word there, underline it in your Bibles or highlight it however you do, or put it in your notes if you just got your phone. Uh, in well-doing do seek for his glory, right? Seek for glory. And honor and immortality, he will give eternal life. So, God is going to render to all of us that have signed on to the kingdom that, now you notice it says, to those who by patience, right? Uh, I'm not looking at it, but I know the King James talks about patience, patient continuance. I know this is one of my, yeah, there it is. Uh, King James verse 7 says, to them who by patient continuance and well-doing. But this says, uh, by patience and well-doing, seek for glory and honor and immortality, he will give eternal life. So that eternal life is, is reserved for those that are patiently doing well in seeking his glory and honor and immortality. Make sense? Right? And then now after the semicolon, it says, but for those who are self-seeking, remember we talked about the stage, right? Those who are self-seeking, look, and do not obey the truth. So now you want to highlight, do not obey the truth. Do not obey the truth. Now we talked about those that, are, that God has a reward for, eternal life for, are seeking for his glory. And here it says, uh, the self-seekers do not obey the truth, but obey. They're still, if you're not obeying the truth, you're still obeying something. Obeying, they obey unrighteousness. It says, so now their reward is wrath and fury, right? Their reward is wrath and fury. And so, so we deal with a culture now and say, well, you know, well, nobody's perfect. You know, why would God do this? Because we have choice. 
Years ago, I, I coached a traveling team in upstate New York. The rule was you come to practice, you play. You don't come to practice, you're not on the team. You know, just, we had no four-year program. We had a few months. We traveling. You got to be at practice. You're not practice. You're not on the team. Skating party. Gentleman goes to practice. My top player, probably one of the top players in New York, but he just happened to be locked up. He showed up the next day for practice. I said, what you doing here? He said, well, I came to practice. I said, you're not on the team. He said, what do you mean? I said, you didn't come to practice. He said, well, no, they had a skating um, trip. You know, I just went skating. I said, I hope you enjoyed yourself. And I said, it might hurt you today, but it's going to help you tomorrow. Because all you did was miss playing with this traveling team. But suppose this was your college team or something like that. Well, he's upset. The team is upset. Why would you do that? I didn't do anything. He knew before he went skating what? If you don't show up, what? You're not on the team. Right? Well, guess what? God is saying if if you're not, not seeking my glory, you're not on the team. You don't seek his glory. And you find yourself, you know, we talked about last week that hot fire. Why are you mad at God? Right? You chose not to be on the team, right? Does it make sense? All right, so, so, so I know we're going, you know, there's funeral. I got a couple of funerals coming up. There's just a lot going on. You know, we, we got this process. Uh, you know, but I, 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 like, I like cousin such and such. It's wonderful that you like cousin such and such, but... You liking cousins such and such, don't put them on the team. They got to choose to be on the team. Does that make sense? Just realize this. So don't, don't be getting mad at God because just because you get along with somebody. Okay, all right, let's do this. You got family members. It could be sons, daughters, whatever. Just because you, you love them, you care for them, they got to choose to be on the team. Your job is to make sure you give them the information where they choose to be on the team. But if they don't choose to be on the team, it ain't God's fault. It's their choice. And, and people don't choose because you like them. Does that make sense? I had plenty of people that didn't come to practice. I got along with them great. They didn't come to practice. They didn't get to play. But guess what? Just because I got along with them and I, I wanted to play with them, they had a choice. All right? Does that make sense so far? Now, someone is saying probably online, I'm still a Christian. I just haven't repented yet. Right? I'm still a Christian. I just ain't repented yet. Are you a Christian is the question. Are you? Did I say you wasn't a Christian? I got witnesses here, sweetheart. Did I say anybody was not a Christian? Just ask the question, right? All right? So, See, the interesting thing is repentance is the prerequisite for becoming a Christian. You can't carry sin into an abiding relationship with Christ. You got to repent. You can't just accept Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, and still hang out with the devil. What, what kind of exchange is that? He gives his life for you. You give your life to the devil. Something's not right there, right? Does that make sense? See, we must repent and believe. A believer in Christ is one who has repented from sin, right? Turned away from sin. People who profess Christ and live 
in unrepentant sin operate in what we call questionable salvation. I'm going to repeat that. People who profess Christ and live in, un, you heard me say unrepentant sin. I, I, get, I added an adjective. I didn't just say sin. Unrepentant sin operating what we call questionable salvation. So this is what's been the struggle all the time. Well, I don't understand. Why did that happen to them? I don't understand. Why did this happen to them? What is, what's God doing up there? No, what are we doing down here? Because we've been given the script. We can repent, right? Everybody has the choice to repent, right? If we choose not to repent, then we're willing to carry that sin, right? Well, we're willing to be separate from God too, okay? That's, that's, that's not me putting nobody down. Does, Ed, does that make like logical sense? That's not, we're not labeling nobody, right? We're just, we're just making clear our choices and the reality of our decisions. Because I don't care what situation we're in, we all have choice. You agree with that, Jeanette? Right? And no matter how, who we like, they have choice too. Like we think, like listen, uh, my son is my second best friend, but my son has to choose this day who he will serve. He don't get in because I'm his dad. He has to choose. Our grandchildren have to choose. Two of them got baptized this week. One of them got baptized in September. But they're choosing. Like, we're not sitting at the house with a whip like, you better say Jesus. I'll tell you what. You want to stay at this house, Jesus better come out your mouth. Oh, no, you going to that church right now, getting in that water. We're we going to cleanse every little filth off of you this week. That's not happening. It hasn't happened in no situation. They actually showed up. First of all, Nala came out here. She wanted to be baptized last year for her birthday, her 12th birthday. She, she came up with it. Mondale, a junior, knew they were coming out here. He was like, I want to be baptized. I don't know what triggered it, but thank God. And then Chanel, while she was here, she was like, whoa, I think I'm, I think I'm about to take a dip too. <laughs> Right? What I'm saying is they got to make those, we're, listen, it touches our heart. We're excited. They're making a choice. But they still got to live a life. It ain't over. You know, we're, 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 we, we're, and we, we walk them through that. Oh, no, this is what this means. We talked about this service last, last week with them on the way home. Make sense? So some of us are being a little bit too, I want my, my, my children, my friends, people to like me at the expense of people's lives. We're not laying down our life for a friend because if we lay down our life, we don't care who likes us as long as they get salvation, right? So we want to minister the gospel because it says the gospel leads people into repentance, so if we're doing our job, people are repenting, right? You, you, see, you see that response? It's a little faint. It's a little faint there. All right, so it's just something to think about, right? All right, so we talked about the question of salvation. So that's why they're like, you know, I know that another person was saved. They talked about Jesus. You don't know nothing because it's, it's corresponding actions. It's not just 
talk, right? Some people really don't believe. Uh, we were talking about this uh, just recently. I was, I was sharing, I think I was sharing it with my wife. I forgot who I was sharing it with, to be honest with you. But we were talking about how, I think it was me and my wife, how people run from, and I'll think about what came up. So, so we were like, why don't people, people get offended. It was this morning. People get offended when you ask them questions. That was this morning, Bible study fellowship. You just came back to me. So I was talking about the different levels. So sometimes, David, people get offended because they really can't answer the question. So I heard Tiana talking about all these things about God. They sound nice. So I just, I got good memory. I just remembered everything she said. So when I saw Mieja, I started talking about the stuff I heard from Tiana. And Mieja going, man, that sound nice. But Mieja had questions. So she's asking me questions, but I, I don't know nothing about what Tiana was talking about. I just remember what she said. And I like saying stuff to make me sound like I, I, I know when I, you know, I'm smart. And then so you think I'm smart. Now you're asking me questions. So I get offended, but I'm really trying to get you off me. Because I don't want you to discover I don't really even know what Tiana was talking about. And if you keep asking questions, you're going to discover, I don't know. So I don't need all that. But then sometimes, um, sometimes people, don't, I, like, sometimes they don't have patience. So Ray comes and asks me stuff. I'm like, dude, you got like two questions. If you don't get it by two questions, I ain't the one. I got plenty of other things to do besides trying to, you should figure it out for yourself. All right, that's what Ms. Lamar used to do. I'm pick with him. He, he like... I got mine, get yours. <laughs> Ain't that right? Ain't that right? <laughs> right, right. So, so, so you have that. And then, of course, you got people that really want to know. So it's the same thing. Like, sometimes we're not sure. So we're not going to minister to nobody because we're not, we don't really believe. Right? So we're cheating folk, right? Does that make sense? All right, so uh, people who profess, or oh, I said that right. Uh, so, so this is the thing. People who profess Christ are repeated and live, unrepentant, live in unrepentant sin. Okay, I said it's, they operate what we call questionable, questionable salvation. So they may be professors professing Christ, right? But they're not possessors. Right? They may be professors, <laughs> but they're not possessors, right? The Holy Spirit has not been welcomed to work in their hearts. Now, okay, so, so now we're going to talk about glory, right? We're going to talk about chasing the truth, and we talk about the Holy Spirit has to be welcomed in our heart to do a work in our heart. So you ever people, you ever see people, they talk about they're Christians, they come to church, you'd be like, like, I don't see no Jesus nowhere on you. You got the same funky attitude. You, you're just as impatient with anything outside of what's important to you. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, you, you, I mean, you ever roll with folk? I mean, we, you participate in the helps, like, you know, the helps with the person. And it's like every little thing is like, what's it, what? what? Why are you asking me questions? Like, excuse me, Mrs. Jesus? I mean, we are at church, right? And, and we're supposed to help each other? But what happens is, 
they, they, they know how to, to act the part, but Christ has never, I mean, the Holy Spirit has never come in their heart. The glory of God, the, 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 the brilliance of God has not worked in their heart at all because that's intimacy there, right? That's just not lip service. That's, that's a breaking in there. That's why it's struggle for people even to praise the Lord. Because the Holy Spirit hasn't got in there yet. All right, so we're going we, we to get into first, first John 1, right? First John 1. All right? Because we don't want to have a questionable salvation. Ain't that right, Jay? Like, we don't want to be questionable. <laughs> like, you know, like, you know, you don't want, like, you hear Jesus is coming or you, you hear the sky crack. And then you get nervous? <laughs> you know, Gerard, the sky cracks. You'd be like, uh-oh. You think he's taking me? <laughs> you want to know, right? Right? There should be a peace on you. Right Right now, you should have a, a peace. Like, yo, 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 yo. Yo, there, I see the foot. I see the foot. There's the knee. He coming to get me, right? That's, that's how it should be, right? Right? I mean, that's how it should be, right? As opposed to, oh, man, it's only a foot. It's only a foot. He ain't really here yet. He ain't really here yet. I got time to get it together. <laughs> What'd you say? He hasn't touched down. He hasn't touched down yet. He hasn't touched down yet. I might have change some things, you know, do a couple of what they do, Hail Marys and stuff in the Catholic Church. All right, so first, first, uh, first, John, and I said one, verse six, right? Did I tell you verse six? six? Okay, verse six. All right, so it says, if we say that we have fellowship with him, right? So, 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 so that means he, he came in my heart. The Holy Spirit done done the work. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. They're going to truth again, right? They're going to truth, Gerard. I located it again. If, so, so if I'm saying I got fellowship with him, I'm a Christian. That means I live in Christ, right? If I say I have fellowship but I walk in darkness, my, if my actions have not changed from my sinful life, if I'm still walking in darkness, I'm lying. I'm not doing the truth. <laughs> All right. So... <laughs> Because it's going to explain some things, right? We're just trying to explain some things, right? We're trying to clear some things up. Because the, the, can't the Christian life be confusing at times? <laughs> you know, okay, the, the life is not confusing, but the people, right? Can't, come on, y'all. Stay with me here. Ain't nobody going to hit you. <laughs> Tell the truth. Yeah, Ms. Mar, see Ms. Mar, say, say it loud. <laughs> Mama told, telling me she a Christian. Mama, y'all ain't seen Christ in you since I met you. <laughs> you might be religious, but you have no relationship with God, right? See, so this explains it, right? <laughs> right? Well, what do we do in the morning? The heading, my heading says, walk in the light. <laughs> walk in the light, right? We good there? All right, so, <laughs> so, the interesting thing is there are rare few claiming salvation yet living in unrepentant sin, but act in disobedience. Their unrepentance is temporary hardness of heart 
Um, and the scripture says God will discipline them, right? Uh, Hebrews 12, 4 through 13. We don't have to go through there for the sake of time, right? So there, there, there's people claiming salvation yet living in unrepentant repentant sin. Their actions are disobedient. Their unrepentance is a temporary hardness of heart and God will discipline them, right? So, so you got some people that just got a hard heart, you know, and then when we think a hard heart is everybody looks evil. No, you hear what God is saying and you go, I'm not doing that. Or you ain't even saying I'm not doing that. You're just not doing it. And you're not even trying to be defiant because nobody knows you sitting there going, that's nice, but I'm not doing it because I do what I want to do, Right? Y'all know what I'm talking about? This is... Okay, all right. Just making sure we're we, we, we still on the same page, right? All right. <laughs> now, now <laughs> so, 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 so you got the hardness of heart that's going to go through discipline. And one of the things I learned in corrections is every level is trying to change behavior. I think I told you this the other week, right? So, you know, you got a group home. A group home is you come to the group home. And they're trying to correct your behavior. So you're going to go, you have groups. I did positive peer culture groups, normative culture groups. We sit, because what? We're trying to get in your head. Like, hey, hey, you, you, you just slipped, right? Then uh, if that doesn't work, now you go to a, a, a minimum facility. So now we send you away from regular population. <laughs> because we figured out we isolate you behind. You, you, now you're not around maybe bad behavior. So now we're giving you a chance to be more focused on what? Changing your ways. So we isolate you. You think I'm talking about corrections, right? right. Just stay, 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 because this, this happens in the kingdom. Okay, now, sometimes if that doesn't take, now you go to a medium facility. So now we don't allow you to go, go to and fro. You're behind a fence. We determine how you move. Because, so now... We're starting a process to say, we don't even trust you. In a minimum facility, you actually can leave. You're not supposed to, but plenty of people AWOLed, right? Because right? there's no fence. You'd be like, late at night, they just go out the window and take off and, you know, in the middle of nowhere, you know, thumb it till they get to the train station, right? Medium, you got to figure out a way to escape, <laughs> You see what I'm saying? Because now you're in a controlled environment. Well, we're we're still trying to help, though. We're still trying to help. Maximum for youth is this our last shot. This our last shot at you changing your behavior. But the whole goal is for what? For you to change. Every so, when we're going through these things in our life, and we have hard hearts. What we don't realize is we're hardening ourselves for the correction that's trying to assist us in changing and getting back in harmony with God's will so we can be fulfilled again. If, if we, listen, this is your assignment. Go back to the place where life was at its best that you know it, especially if you're going through something. If you, you feel weighty, feel kind of depressed, go back to where you were less depressed. And be honest with yourself and what you was doing. And sometimes you'll find out you, you had to be obedient. Not, you didn't want to be obedient, but you had to. 
So somebody else was controlling your environment. Soon as you were given the reins is when things start getting crazy. See, you're supposed to learn in a controlled environment so even when you're outside of it, you're still disciplined. And if you stay disciplined, you don't have to be disciplined. So a lot of what you're going through right now out there in TV land, you know, as I switch to a faster mail, is discipline. But discipline, one of the things I, I learned years ago is I used to tell the, the kids locked up, I said, correction is not bad. It's actually helping you. If you cross over into punishment, you're in trouble. But, but, but you notice God chasing whom he, whom he loves. He corrects who he loves. He's trying to get us back in line. Do you understand if you don't embrace the correction, you experience the wrath? You don't want the wrath. So embrace the correction. Because now you're going through the progressions. You could have just got a simple, listen, the people in group home, they could have been there for a couple months, got back on pace, and now they, they live in a great life. But, but they got hard hearts, and now they got to go to the next level. So now they got to be isolated. Then they get hard hearts, now they got to be confined. Now they get hard hearts. Now they got to almost be in a situation where people are, it's, you're under, now you're under extreme stress. Because if you don't change now, you're going to be bound for a long period of time. That's when they bond you over to the adult system. I'm still talking about our lives in Christ. All right? All right. So we, so we got that? We good? All right? Does it make sense? Uh, so, so, so now, now this is the hard heart. Now that's bad. But remember I said when you're bound over, you cross over to where you're hopeless. So in corrections, there's a situation where you're hopeless. So you, you lose your name at that point. Oh, you didn't even get that. Right? Yeah, yeah. You lose your name and you get a number. See, the scripture says, dare not be them that are of the number. Dare not be of the number. Right? That's like, don't conform, right? But once you, you're bound over, you're a number now. You're, you're just a part of population. You don't even have an identity. Uh, zero, six, seven, <laughs> right? All right, so, so, so I, I, I'm saying that because this is the sin life too. If you stay so hard and callous, now you can, you can cross over into where you can do things that you, you get in a, uh, you're fast tracking yourself to hell. There's a fast track to hell, right? Because the scripture says, because there is a sin unto death for the believer, right? But uh, barring that extreme circumstance, God would eventually restore his disobedient child to fellowship. So, so, Miesha, discipline is about to keep you in fellowship. And it's not trying to crush you. It's like, oh, where you going? Come back here. Like, uh, uh, with, with, your, with your little sister. If she's going to step out into the street and cars are coming, you know, she, she may catch you off guard. Hey, 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 man, where you going? Like, and, you know, you, you could potentially scare her. But what you trying to do? You're trying to let her know this is serious, right? Like, like no, 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 like, like. But you can't respond to her 
the same way she knocks over some cookies, right? If you respond the exact same way with cookies and walking out to the street, she ain't gonna think there's a difference, right? But if you take this serious, she's gonna like, okay, this, this right here, I seen my sister like I never seen her before, so I know not to do this. I might can get away with the cookies again, but I can't get away with this. Does that make sense? Y'all see me? So, so same thing. There's, we're creating the correction, but we blaming God. You got me? You, 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 does that make sense? You understand? Because the correction is equal to what it takes to correct us. You know, if, if I'm walking and, 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 and I get to the edge and it looks like I'm going to slip, but, but my wife's right next to me, she can just grab me, right? But if I'm out here, she, she has to do something else. You see what I'm saying? Depending on what you do determines what you go through. And when you get numb, uh, so, so the movie Inception, I thought it was a great movie. It's a real good movie. I think I want to see it again uh, just because I'm talking about it. But what I liked about it, it was what they would do is they would go like two, three levels deep in the subconscious of a person. Now, and they would go to manipulate their mind. Inception, right? But they knew if we got that deep, it ain't easy to get out. We, we, we can get lost in a dream. We can get lost in this person's delusion. So they created what they called the kick. But the kick couldn't just be a normal wake you up. You know, hey, wake up. No, no, they were so deep, that kick had to, had to go three layers deep almost to shock them to wake them up. So when we get so hard, sometimes the correction is a kick because we got, you ever try to wake somebody up and say, hey, get up, right? Yeah. And they be like, okay. You know, like this week I called my grandson. I just, all I had to do was call him. One day I called him, called him again. No, I texted him. The text never worked the whole week, so I don't even know why I tried it. So I texted him. Then I called him, right? This particular day, I text and called. I had to go upstairs and go in the room to wake him up, right? But you haven't seen, know the people that you can text, call, go in the room, Yell and scream and they still don't wake up? You almost got to like tip over the mattress. Right? Like I told you, I passed out one time and the guy, he said he hit me as hard as he could, but he had to double up on it. Some of what we're going through is God trying to double up on waking us up out of it. Because we can't live in that behavior, it'll kill us. We might be comfortable with it, but God is not. Right? Does that make sense? All right, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get us somewhere. We, 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 we're going to get somewhere, you know, because this is not just about repent. It's, it is about that, but it's about there's something on the other side of the repentance that we, we're, we've been numb to. See, all that we're, we're, we're th- like, like we want to be fulfilled. We want to be happy. It's like, why are you depressed? Like, like, why would you ever be, I'm not, I've been depressed. But the times I was depressed is because something was missing. But if I didn't want nothing, I didn't care about nothing, why would I ever be depressed? I don't care about nothing anyway. I'm exactly where I want to be. I'm good. 
Obviously, I'm not good if I'm depressed, right? So I have a thirst for something, and I should. And God is saying what you're, sometimes what you're thirsting for can't quench you, and it won't relieve the depression. I have the only thirst quencher. I can only, I'm the only person that can satisfy the appetite. Does that make sense? So the other stuff will keep you thirsty, and it will create thirst. What I have for you will quench your thirst. He's saying, it's not, hey, nothing wrong with you being thirsty, you're using the wrong thing to try to quench it. Right? Like drinking a Coca-Cola on a hot day. Cold, wet, but it dehydrates you. Drinking a beer on a hot day. Cold, wet, but it dehydrates you. It creates thirst. But it's telling you all the commercials, as soon as the summer hit, you're going to see the course commercials. They're going to have a train when it's cold outside. And they had a little, you know, the bubbly going over the top of the, the, the glass. The glass is sweating. Because it's telling you, oh, you need a cold one. You're going to get a cold one that's going to make you thirsty. Does that make sense? All right, good, good. I'm, we're going to say, so let's go to 1 John 5. We're already in 1 John, so we don't have to go far. Shall we lining this up, make it a little easy for you? I said that, and then we're going to be in a whole other chapter in a minute. <laughs> All right, so 1 John 5. Verse 16, and verses 16 and 17. Now, remember we said that, you know, there's a, uh, well, well, we'll get to this in a second. We said there's a sin unto death for the believer, but barring extreme circumstances, God will, God's trying to restore us unless we do a sin unto death. See, remember, just like in corrections, there's a part where they bond you over to, to live in bondage because they're saying, oh, you hopeless. Prison is not for rehabilitation. Don't let anybody fool you. All the other stages is for that. If you get uh, rehabilitated in prison, that's fine. But now you're like, it's on you now. We, we did our part, right? Right, so, so it's very tough to not live a life of, of, of uh, incarceration once you go to prison, prison. Does that make sense? All right, stay with me. I'm not saying no prisons don't do nothing for nobody. That's not what I said, okay? I'm just, I'm talking about the progression. As Christians, there's a progression where, okay, I'm going to turn you over to a reprobate mind, right? R Romans 1, it says you, they, they, they didn't retain God in their knowledge. They turn, changed the truth into a lie. Goes back to that lie, right? What? Walking in darkness, saying I'm in fellowship. No, you lying. So Romans 1 says they changed the truth into a lie. Didn't retain God in their knowledge. It says God gave them up to a reprobate mind. They started doing things unseemly. Men with men and women with women. See, there's a point where it says, okay, you bad, be bad then. That doesn't mean that person can't change, but they're changing on their own, right? They've been turned over to themselves, right? Does that make sense? All right, good, good. Keep asking y'all if that makes sense. But I, I just, you know, I just want to make sure we're together. That's all, you know. All right, so 16 and 17, and we'll start here. Uh, we're going to do the classic Amplified. I'll just read it. It says, if anyone sees his brother... Uh, a believer committing a sin that does not lead to death, meaning ex the extinguishing of life, 
He will pray and God will give him life. Yes, he will grant life to all those who sin, whose sin is not one leading to death. He will grant life to all those whose sin is not one leading to death. It says, there is a sin that leads to death. I do not say that one should pray for that. All wrongdoing is sin, and there is sin which does not involve death that may be repented of and forgiven. All right, so, all right now. So now we got, there's a level of sin with, that can be corrected. But there's a, that we can get so numb, there's, we in trouble. We can look for the fire, okay? <clears throat> now, I didn't say that. That's First John, right? Yeah, I just read it, right? Yeah, I didn't say that. So there's a sin that leads unto death, right? And I'll, 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 I'll break that down further in a, in a few. That's why in 1 Corinthians 5, 1 through 5, when they say, man, y'all got that boy sleeping with his mama. I think he's, he's sleeping with his mom, right? Yeah, he says, and ain't nobody saying nothing? He says, you should have turned him over to Satan so he could uh, 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 touch his flesh so maybe we could save his spirit. But he shouldn't be comfortable. See, that's, what's, that, that's what messes me up about church. Like, everything is comfortable. It's okay. It's okay. Well, you know, they didn't mean it. No, there's levels to this. Just like I gave you levels to correction, there's levels to correction in the church. But all those levels of correction are love. Yes, there's situations where, hey, 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 man, you, you, you slipped. You missed it. Hey, man, listen, I missed it too. Man, give that person some kindness. Man, they just missed it. They slipped. But this folk ain't slipping. You can't apply kind. You can't make somebody comfortable doing that. They need to feel that to change. Right? You got me? All right, good. Glad we're all here. Now, let's go to Hebrews 10. Because I, I remember now we're talking about there, there's, there's sin that can be disciplined that will shift people into a correction, right? Y'all following me? But then there's a sin, there's a place in sin that you don't cross over to a reprobate mind. We'll just use reprobate mind, okay? All right? Because I want us to, to you, know, we, you, know, you know, we're being set up for this influx of people, and we got to be right. We got to know what we... We got to apply the right love, all right? All right, so Hebrews 10, uh, I was going to do it with this teaching, but I, did, I opted not to. I was just going to spend a whole day on uh, once saved, always saved, the whole myth of once saved, always saved. But we'll just, we'll just do a visit, okay, with this scripture here. Hebrews 10, uh, 26 and 27. I, I'm going to read out a classic amplifier because I think it breaks it down better, um, pretty much says something similar, same thing in King James. But it says, for if we go on deliberately and willingly sinning after once acquiring the knowledge of the truth, there's that truth again. That's why I told you to highlight it. So I've, I've gained the knowledge of the truth, but I go on willfully sinning, right? It says, there is no longer any sacrifice left to atone for our sins, no further offering to which to look forward. There is nothing left for us then, 
but a kind of awful and fearful prospect and expectations of divine judgment and the fury of burning wrath and indignation which will consume those who put themselves in opposition to God. Right? You see that? I'll just read the King James. It says, for if we sin willfully after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. It says, but a certain fearful looking forward of, of judgment and fiery indignation which shall devour the adversaries. So if I willfully sin after I know the truth, see, now, now that I'm not slipping at that point. I'm leaping. See, this is a part of the sin unto death because I'm not, I'm not missing it. All have sinned or missed the mark. I'm not missing the mark. I'm not even trying to hit the target. Right? Okay. We'll go. So, 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 so when we live this life, and this is why we have to walk circumspectly. We can't be casual. We got to be intentional, right? We got to really pay attention to what we're doing. Ephesians 5.15. My grandson took that home with him. He, just, he's like, he, got a, he, he had it in his notes. He said, I realize I got to be, be intentional and I got to maximize my moments from last week. Right, let's go to 1 Corinthians 11 because I, I want to, I like to, to uh, qualify everything with the word. So it doesn't come across as Pastor Keith's opinion. Nobody should be living off of Pastor Keith's opinion, but the word of God, right? Unless, of course, you want, you know, you want to root for the Dallas Cowboys. Just play off <laughs> Pastor Keith's opinion there. It's a joke, man. That's a joke. Ed said, make sure it is, but I could get distracted like we did this morning if we start talking about his team. <laughs> like, no Super Bowls. But anyway, uh, first Corinthians 11. <laughs> Not even on the docket. So first Corinthians 11, 29. My bad, Ed. I apologize. All right. All right. So again, classic Amplified version. It says, for anyone who eats and drinks without discriminating. Remember, we just said walk circumspectly. Anyone who eats or drinks, and then we've been talking about this in uh, Bible Study Fellowship, the different things in Leviticus, right? How you eat, how you drink, you know. It says, so if anyone who eats or drinks without discriminating or recognizing with do, I said 1 Corinthians eleven twenty nine to 32. Didn't I say that? Okay, all right, cool. We'll start, I'm reading the Amplified Classic, All right? And, and, and this, is, this is the, uh, uh, I'm reading 29, but this is right after communion, you know, the communion uh, uh, in verse 24 and 25. It says, for anyone who eats and drinks without discriminating or recognizing, which, you know, I know King James Version talks about discerning, with due appreciation that Christ, that it is Christ's body, so anyone, I'm sorry, 
for anyone who eats or drinks without discriminating or recognizing with due appreciation that it is Christ's body, eats and drinks a sentence or verdict of judgment upon himself. It says that that careless and unworthy participation is the reason many of you are weak and sickly and, and quite enough of you have fallen into, into the sleep of death. So, so, you know, obviously this is talking about communion, but it's talking about communion with who? Christ. So when we do communion, we're attaching our faith to what? The death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. We talk, we're communing, right? So, so it says properly discern the Lord's body. But this says if you, 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 anybody that operates, eats, this is talking about the basics. Without any discernment, you know, we can bring sickness or death on ourselves, right? Now, people will say, good, I'm just not going to do communion. But isn't this whole life about communion with God? Do you think communion is just about the wafer and the juice? It's about the blood and the body. So just like you got to discern when you come into church on the first Sunday, before you take that bread and drink of, of that cup, well, before you are in communion with Christ every day, as we call ourselves Christians, you got to probably discern what you're taking in. That's why we were walking through Leviticus. You got to probably, what's your food? Like what, the, uh, Trina said today that her first scripture was Matthew 4.4. 4. Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God, right? Right? That's, that was hers. Well, we're talking about what you're consuming. So if the word is food, then words can be food, right? What are we taking in in our music? What are we taking in in our fellowship? Are we properly discerning what we're eating and what we're drinking, both physically and spiritually? Okay, all right, so, so you with me here. So, so, so that's, that's why some people are sick and some people are dying. That's what the scripture says. It says, for if we certainly examine ourselves, so it's talking about let's go deep, detecting our shortcomings and recognizing our own condition, we should not be judged and penalty decreed by divine judgment. But when we fall short and are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined and chastened so that we may not finally be condemned to eternal punishment along with the world. This is saying the same thing. It's saying you're going through chastisement and correction for you to repent and change. Because if you don't repent and change, you're going to end up with a hard heart. You're going to end up callous. You're going to be doing sin unto death. And you're going to end up, all you'll have left is a fearful, awful looking for condemnation. Do you see that? So that's why we're not, we shouldn't play with repentance. If not now, when? When, so when is a good time to repent? Next week? You understand what I'm saying? Like I'm talking about really genuinely repent. Now we, we already talked about it. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. 
right? Walking to, walking to hell. No, repenting is turning away. What's a good time to turn away? That's it. That's it. Okay. That's it. Thank you, Z. Right? Right? Thank you. Thank, thank you for the help from the sister in the back from, from Asheville with just a touch of color in her hair. All right, so the, the unrepentant sinner needs to hear the good news of God's salvation, right? Needs to hear the good news of God's salvation, right? God's goodness as we, uh, let's go here, Romans 2. So, so again, if, I, if I'm doing a good job with these, all these people we say we love, our, our children, our family, our cousins, our aunties, you know, all these people we say we love, our mom and our dad, well, we should be sharing the good news, right? But they, they don't want to hear that. That's too Christian-like. Really? That's what we're doing. We hanging with folk, making them comfortable in their sin, as opposed to giving them the truth and love. Now, I'm not talking about y'all that, um, that are not sensitive to your audience. Like, you got to, like, the, let, let the Lord put a package on it or something. Yeah. Yeah, you going in there with language they don't even understand, you know. You know, like, you know, never read the Bible before. And you're like, you know what Paul said. They're like, who's Paul? <laughs> you know, Paul that live on uh, uh, Broad Street? Like, like, going with some type of, like, Wisdom, you know, at least. I, I'm not, you know, because some of y'all turn this message into pastor said to tell you the truth, you're going to hell. That's not what I said. I didn't say that. I got witnesses, right? All right, so uh, Romans 2, 4 says this. Uh, it says our, our uh, let me see. Well, verse 3. It says, and thinketh thou this, O man, that, that judges them which do such things and, and doeth the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God. So, so it's, it's, well, start at verse 1. <laughs> it says, therefore, thou art inexcusable, O man, uh, whosoever thou art that judgeth, for wherein thou judgest another, thou condemneth thyself. For thou that judges doeth the same things. So this is talking about I'm judging folk based on stuff that I'm doing. So we flip this into don't judge me. No, don't, don't be judging me and condemning me and you doing the same thing. Come to me and say, hey, maybe we can help each other out of this mess. That's probably your best move, but you're coming at me like I'm tripping. I might be on a trip, but you've been on a vacation for a long time, Right? It says, now, verse 2, it says, but we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things, right? Again, harmony with the truth here. And think of thou this, O man, that judges them which do such things and do of the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God, right? It says, or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance, and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. So this is saying if we're really embracing the goodness of God, if we're offering the goodness of God, folk are repenting all around us. And we repent, right? Goodness of God leads to repentance. Why? Uh, I, I, I won't have time to get into today. Maybe I'll get into it. I know you did a message 
where you shared about the altar of confession, right? And the thing about, uh, one of the things in that message is when you get around the presence of God, the first thing you're thinking is repentance. Remember when people get in the presence of God, they drop to their knees? I'm not worthy, right? Because the first thing you see is you, right? So when I'm around the goodness of God, I see how good I'm not. So it should lead to what? Repentance, right? But if I'm walking around like I'm walking on water, Something ain't right. Make sense? All right. So as Christians, we should, uh, number one, confess our sins, right? Right? Um, we should repent of our sins. You agree with that? All right. We should pray for the unrepentant on a consistent basis. Pray for the eyes of their understanding to be enlightened. Ephesians 1, um, 18. And we should be evangelizing the unbeliever. We can't do that in isolation. Hey, hey, I got this one. I got you. I got you on this one. I've been trying to get you for a long time, but I finally got you. I don't like people. You've been saying. Then get them saved. <laughs> you don't like them? Get them saved. Evangelize them. Help them to repent from their darkness that so dissatisfy you. Are you saying you don't like loving people in the Lord? Most of the time we don't like people that's tripping, right? Then get them saved. How about that? Don't run from them. Run to them with Jesus. How about that? How about that? Second <laughs> Timothy 2. Second Timothy 2. I got y'all with that one, didn't I? Scared you, didn't I? All right, so 2 Timothy 2, 25 and 26. I'm going to read this out of the, the NIV. 2 Timothy 2, 25 and 26. I love this passage. Um, uh, it says, opponents of the truth. Once again, it's all about truth and not lying, right? We just seen that common theme. It's all about truth. Right? And when we repent, we come back into the truth. We repent from the living the lie and come back into the truth. Excuse me. It says, uh, opponents of the truth must be gently instructed. Right? It says, in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to, acknowledge, to the knowledge of the truth, and that they will come to their senses and escape from, look, the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. Right? See, that's why the world needs salvation to experience the person and presence of God. The world needs salvation. But guess what? The people of God or the people that have been believers, they need deliverance because they've been held captive by the enemy. Right? They, they, they once were in fellowship with God, and now they've slipped into sin, so now they're being held captive. So they need deliverance. People in the world don't need deliverance. They need salvation. They need the whole package. They have not been in fellowship. So they need to be offered Christ to be in fellowship with God. People that are in supposedly at, 
in Christ, been in Christ, been around Christ, they're, they're being bound. You know, you, you, you ever grew with people and you're like, all of a sudden, now they don't want nothing to do with God? They're defiant. They don't want to come visit you. They don't want you. The, the, uh, Colleen, don't start that Jesus stuff. Just don't start that Jesus stuff. I'm not, I'm not in the mood. I'm not in the mood. When will you be in the mood? This is five o'clock, three, two, Friday. You know, you understand what I'm saying? But what it is is now they're held captive. And uh, we were talking about this. We were talking about how uh, there are people bound in relationships. You know, like let's say the person is abusive in a relationship. And, you know, you see the person at the job. You're like, you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. Is there any reason why you wear them big glasses? No, nah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And then you see something, like you see, you know, marks and something on their arm, and you be like, they're like, I'm good. I'm good. And so then, you, the, you know, the person comes to the job because you're trying to protect the person. Comes to the job to abuse the person. So... You, enough is enough. Now you see the person. You, you ain't see the person. So you go to protect the young lady, right? And, you, and you're like, get out of here, this, that, and the other. And you push the person. They, they fall down, hit their head. But as far as you're concerned, that ain't enough, the way you've been treating my friend. The young lady runs, knocks you down, and go, baby, you okay? This is the person that's been abusing her. You protected her, right? You ever see that? Well, that's what Christians do with the devil. You trying to save them, they protected him. <laughs> Knock you down. Sometimes Christians curse you out, snapping on you, you trying to save their life. They protecting the person holding them captive. What's that, Stockholm Syndrome? Yeah, right? All right, so... See, see, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to just give you this piece because this is important. This is really what I was leading, and it connects to the song. Um, uh, all this process of repentance starts. Remember we said uh, uh, unbelievers need salvation. So it starts at salvation. It starts with the indwelling persons and presence of the Holy Spirit. One of the things that happens at salvation is the, you, when, when you're born again, uh, the Holy Spirit comes in and regenerates you. He comes in and makes you alive, quickens you. He taps your spirit is dead because the wages of sin is death. And he comes and makes you alive when you accept Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. So Acts 3.19 says, repent ye therefore be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. So in other words, the Holy Spirit is trying to refresh us, breathing us again, the same breath that we got in Genesis 2-7, right? God breathed in Adam, he became the breath of life. You know, what he breathed into him is his Holy Spirit. And we became a living soul or a speaking spirit. After sin, that's the part we lost. We lost, look, look we couldn't breathe no more. We couldn't catch our breath, our spiritual breath anymore. So now we were speaking, but it wasn't creating. It wasn't changing. Now we, we were speaking light. Now we were we speaking life. We started speaking death. You, know, you think life and death is in the power of the tongue? Think about when you, you're away from God, worst case scenarios. 
Like you don't even want negative to happen, but that's all you talk about. That's not, I'm not going to get the job. It's probably not going to happen. You know, I'd be lucky if I even keep this money. No, I'm missing my bank account right now. Everything is worst case scenarios, right? Right, because now we're, we're, we've lost our breath. So we, we have to, so we have to repent so we can breathe the Holy Spirit again. That's what the repentance is about, so we can breathe the Holy Spirit again. And see, this is the, and, and, and I'll tell you this because Acts 2.38, I'm going a little fast because we're at the end, and I just want to give you this last little piece because um, this is where we're going the whole time. But Acts 2.38 says, it says, uh, Then Peter said unto them, Repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins, right? So he says, baptize you in the name of Jesus, baptize in Christ. He said, look, then he, he said, and, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So salvation is not just for us to stand around, it's for us to breathe the Holy Spirit again, right? Does that make sense? And, and, and so, you, you see that played out in John chapter 20. Please write the scriptures down. John chapter 20, 21 and 22. So, Jesus, remember, he was showing us some things ahead of time, James, Minister James. He was showing us some things, right? So, so he, he, get, he, he, he did the things that he wants, how he wants us to operate. So, in, in, in John 20, 21 and 22, it says, Then Jesus said unto them, Peace be unto you. Just as the Father has sent me forth, so I am sending you. So he's sending us, right? He said, and having said this, look, it says, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. If Jesus was enough, right, if that was it, if that was the whole goal, no, the whole goal is to get us back to what God originally designed. We live in a life, we're not walking in the Spirit. We're living alive, we're not filled with the Spirit. We're living alive, we're not speaking spirits. If we speak in death and not life, we're not in truth. So, so true repentance is us getting the whole thing, not just uh, fire insurance for heaven, right? Does that make sense? All right, so John, I gave you that. See, but the Bible says something, the Holy Spirit is the central figure on the earth realm, so he's always trying to convict us. My wife always teaches this in evangelism, right? Would you say, sweetheart, the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin? Convicts the world of sin. So he's convicting the world of sin. Why? So people can repent to get back in fellowship with God. But he's not convicting so people could be depressed. Like, like he, he's nudging you ready to go, oh, no, 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 no. That's taking you out of presence of God. Repent. Get back in the presence. This stuff you got to do with your power, but I can't, I can't rest in that body. Uh, Genesis 6, 3, when he, took the, when he took mankind back to 120 days. Remember, uh, Methuselah was 969. Folk was living 800, 900 years. But he took them back to 120. This is what he said, Genesis 6, 3. I'm reading Classic Amplified. He says, then the Lord said, my spirit shall not forever dwell and strive with man. For he also is flesh. Because of that flesh in him, he says, he says but his days shall yet be 120 years. I'm at least let him have 120. But I can't, my Holy Spirit can't keep fighting for you to, to walk in the glory of God. 
I want to be where you are. I, I need to be where you are, right? That's what they, they sang earlier today, right? So the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. That's why, that's why I told you to highlight glory, highlight truth. Holy Spirit is the glory. He is the truth. He's constantly striving for us to repent from a lie, the delusion. We live in a lie. That's why we're frustrated and depressed, right? The Bible says you should know the truth and the truth shall make you free. God's truth is his glory all on you. The scripture says this. It says when we're beholding this word, you're looking in the mirror, you're changed into his image from glory to glory. 2 Corinthians 3.18. We're supposed to be illuminating the glory of God. Walking in the light, not walking in darkness. So we got to repent from the things that is dousing our light. Does that make sense? See, so the glory of God, that's the persons and presence of God. That's that Holy Spirit all over you, right? When the presence of God comes, the attributes of God comes as well. Accepting Jesus, when we first accept Jesus, that brings the fruit of the Spirit, right? So now, Marcus, our whole flow is different now. So now we're walking in love, joy, peace, long-suffering, faith, goodness, gentleness, meekness, and temperance, right? Against such, there is no law. There's no limits. We're not bound when we're walking in the fruit of the Spirit. But that comes when we accept Jesus. That's the indwelling. The indwelling of the Spirit brings the fruit, right? That's God's person on us, right? That sets the foundation for the gifts of the Spirit. That's God's presence and power on us. Now we're walking in words of knowledge, words of wisdom, prophecy, right? Discerning of spirits, the gift of faith. We're in situations where we move in faith that we never thought possible. So we're missing out on all this because we don't want to repent. See, that's that, that, so you got that indwelling and then you got that, that, you, that infilling of the Spirit, that gifts. So the presence of the Holy Spirit should lead to an anointing for service, not a, a work for service, a striving for service, a reluctance to serve. Like if you're so casual with serving, this, the burn removing, yoke destroying power of God ain't on you because you can't help but to serve. See, that, that's, that's, that's when we know we're re we've repented. Right, so, so this kind of lines up. I'm going to give you these three levels here because we've been talking about it through uh, Leviticus and Exodus and all that we've been talking about. And we talked about it in baptism on Wednesday, last Wednesday. That was last Wednesday? Wow, like a week done been by, went by already? It seemed like we baptized the, the kids yesterday. Right, all right, so wow, like I was like last Wednesday. Okay, so remember we talked about, we spent time, we talked about the brazen altar, right? And how the brazen altar is where they brought the sacrifice, killed the sacrifice, uh, was to create a stench of death. They went to the, 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 uh, the, the, the brazen basin, cleansed the stench, and then they go to the holies of holies. So the brazen altar relates to our salvation from sin's penalty, Right? When we, when we, with that brazen altar relates to our salvation from sin's penalty. Because when you, when you lay down that sacrifice, it's an atonement there, right? So that's where we start to experience uh, the indwelling or what we call the leper's anointing. Because remember, we've been talking about the leper outside the camp, right? That leper's anointing, that's the, 
That's that, that, that indwelling, that salvation that takes place. That's that brazen altar level, right? So, so again, when I'm, when I'm not doing right, I got to present myself as a living sacrifice on the altar of God, right? So, I, so, so when I'm not doing right, I'm outside the camp, right? I'm outside the kingdom. Remember, the kingdom of God is at hand, right? I'm outside the kingdom. When I'm not doing, listen, I don't care. You can justify anything you want, but when we're not doing right. We're outside the kingdom. All of us, I don't care who we are, but we can repent. That's the whole point. When we was reading through the lepers, you know, like, you know sometimes we read through stuff, we like, man, they're they going to die. It didn't say they was going to die. It just said they was outside the camp, <laughs> right? So that means they can do some things to get back in the camp, right? We'd be a fool to experience leprosy, what'd you call it? What'd you call it? Uh, hidden leprosy, right? Experience leprosy and just live outside the camp. We're missing the glory. We're not experiencing no power. We're constantly depressed. We don't even know how to navigate with the people in the camp. And we don't even think they want to be around us because what? We smell. We, 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 we carrying stuff. So we can repent from that. Do you get that? That's the brazen altar. The anointing after that uh, is the brazen laver. That's, that's where they wash. That's the water. Uh, that speaks of uh, the salvation from sin's defilement and habit. That's the priestly anointing. Right? So, so you notice how we parallel the brazen basin with baptism, Right? Well, we wash off, we wash that, that old man off, right? We, so, so we have parallels to submerging ourselves into the kingdom. So I accepted, hey, I need Jesus. But now I got to bury myself. I'm a disciple now. I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm serving. The priestly anointing is for service. Some people only have the leper's anointing. So they're in the kingdom, but still outside the kingdom. They're in a house outside the kingdom. They always feel like they don't fit. I just need to find my place. They go to different buildings, different churches. It ain't the church. You still operating like a leper, even though you've been accepted in the kingdom because you haven't turned away from your stuff. But you're blaming the people around you when you ain't really repented. Right? So you haven't crossed to that next level. The priestly anointing. Priestly anointing is all about, I can't help but to serve. I'm, I'm thirsting to be a disciple. Not just, I come on Sunday. I'm taking all types of classes and everything else. Because that's going to equip me to serve better. You see what I'm saying? So that's that second level, Right? Right, because you see the, see, the first level, that's Titus 3, 5, and 7. That's when he says the washing of regeneration. That's when you're, you're, the Holy Spirit regenerates, makes alive your dead spirit of sin, right? That second level is Acts 1. It says, after that, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and you shall be a witness unto me, unto Judea and Samaria and the other most parts of the world. You don't. You never seen a witness that ain't ain't taking care of business. You're a witness because you have levels of victory. You're a servant now. 
So you going out saying, oh, yeah, ever since I got tied in, do this, ever since, man, I got that, like Z was talking about, man, ever since the disciples' personality, well, well she don't even say the disciples' personality, she said, ever since the personality, <laughs> what personality, whose personality, <laughs> right? But, she, but, but she's a witness, though. She, Z's a witness. At this church, she ain't the only witness, okay? Stop it, y'all. But she's a witness. Actually, if you think about every time Gerard comes to the altar, he's a witness. Yeah. Right? But y'all see Gerard back there, right? Yeah. Did you see him on Sunday? Yeah. You see him at rehearsal? Yeah. You hear him on the Bible study fellowship call? <laughs> Pastor Mel over here picking with you. She said from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> Let go of that pillow. Anyways, <laughs> right, but, but my point is, is he's going deeper. So he ain't just outside the camp. He not operating like a leper. See, we blaming people. We operating like lepers. But we blaming other people. <laughs> we don't fellowship. So we stuck in a leper's anointing. We haven't crossed over to the priestly anointing. But let's keep going, all right? <laughs> and then you have the, the anointing to enter in the holies. The holies signifies access to the source of power and authority. That's the kingly anointing. That's when your cup running over. Who said that? King David. My cup running over. That's when anybody that comes around you, birds and yokes are destroyed. Because you're at a whole nother level. See, even some people that's been in the word for a long time, they stuck. They stuck in time. Some people just decided to be priests and serve, right? They, they're like, they, they, they actually think they qualify because they acknowledge God. But they operate like lepers. They haven't repented from what caused them to be a leper in the first place. So they're still in leper status. They don't think they're worthy to come in the camp. Because they, they, they still carry and stuff. But guess what? James, we can repent. Guess what? Hey, I got good news, everybody. We can repent. It's free. It's a choice. Well, I repented. Uh, I think it was uh, 2014. Yeah, yeah, 2014. I don't know what to do now. Repent again. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Like, what are we doing? Turn away again. What was what, what, it? We fall down, but we get up. Get up. Get up. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? You, 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 you feel, this is what it's about. We're supposed to be flowing in power. Right? My preaching and teaching was not an enticing words of man's wisdom, but with, with demonstration of power. So your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. We're around here just talking about stuff, and it start happening. Ain't that right, James? It just start happening around us. Right? Listen, man, I'll be studying. I'm going to tell you, it's, it's, it's a special thing. I'll be studying, and let's say I'm studying uh, the power of God. Do you know, because I, I, I keep a playlist around me, a song playing, talking about the power of God. 
Like, while I'm saying, I said, God, you, you something else. Like, you, you, you're just going to take every moment to show off. But this happens all the time. Like, like, you can't make this stuff up. And a lot of times it's hard to see if you're in a position of a leper. I see some smoke over there at the tap. There's something happening over there at the tap now. What do you think going on? Man, they ain't doing nothing, man. They ain't doing nothing. Man, they just, they just be getting all emotional, man. They ain't, ain't nothing happening over there. Ain't nothing happening over there, man. Well, no, we good. We good out here. You know what I'm saying? At least we don't have no accountability out here. We don't have no responsibility. You know, man, I got, I got tired of giving, coming to that altar anyway, giving all those, cutting up all that meat and stuff like that, man. We out here, man. We just chill, you know. Look, I got leprosy. You got leprosy, man. You know, we cool. You know what I'm saying? Why we, why, why we need to go all up in there? You know, and they think they all bougie because... Because, you know, they went to the tabernacle and they got invited. I'm just going to stay out here. This is how we live in. Depressed out there, making it seem like it's special. When we know good and well, we tired of being out here. So let's repent. All right, that's all we have for today. If we have any thoughts or comments, you know what I'm saying? Uh, anything stood out for you, makes you think about anything, since God took time to, you know, share with us his heart 